I got maybe 20 good years if I can get it life left you know and uh shit I still feel like I'm in my 30s or yeah it's kind of fucked up well you take great care of yourself <laughs> yeah we were talking like about that. that I think on like it had to have been one of the earlier episodes, like episode <clears throat> two or something like that. And we were, you got brought up in conversation. We were just talking about like, dude, this guy's like built like a god. <laughs> just eats super well. You know, he's got the woosaw like no other. You know what I mean? Well, I appreciate that. I I, I work hard. Yeah. I, I work hard. I, people my age don't work that hard for that, but that's my passion. Yeah. So we can get into that. Oh, yeah. Right? Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. We'll, we'll jump into it here. Welcome to another episode of More Than Tattoos podcast. My name is Chris Powell. This is my co-host Tim here. And tonight, I'm really honored to bring this guest uh, to you guys. He's... Uh... <laughs> I meant to have my notes up there. This, I'm going to the, run this back Screen brightness is killing you. No, I wasn't even on my notes. I was on the settings. <laughs> Uh, welcome to another episode of More Than Tattoos Podcast. My name is Chris Powell. This is Tim, my co-host, and I'm very honored to introduce our guest tonight. He's a, a very special guest. He's a husband, father, he's a friend, he's a community leader, he's a mentor to many, he's a true creative entrepreneur, a man of peace, but built like a warrior and equipped with a powerful mind. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, I'm just honored to have him here, and I think that uh, even though he's not a tattoo artist... He's got something that all you all you guys will want to get. Uh, so so, you know, keep your ears open for those nuggets because I'm sure tonight they're going it's going to be loaded. So, uh, the, you know, we got Ty Fisher here. <laughs> we got fucking Ty. I'm just yeah. I'm stoked, man. Thank you, you guys, know? man. It's so cool to be here. I I'm proud of you. I'm excited what you've created, and uh, I'm thankful to just be a part of this. So, oh yeah, yeah, man, this is great. Yeah, man. I'm you know, a... I always thought it was going to be the other way around. We was going to end up on one of your podcasts. Oh, you know? really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really haven't dove into that world, but hey, what the hell, maybe. Right, yeah. Right? Well, it sounds like you got a lot a lot going on right now. I do, man. I, I, think I, I, I think I've got a lot going on. I think a lot of good stuff in life is just evolving and happening. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome, man. man. That's awesome. Well, um, so you guys are probably wondering, well, if he's not a tattooer, what's he doing here? And... uh <laughs> You know, like I said, he's he's a creator. You know, just like a lot of us are. He's he's an entrepreneur and he's finding his way. And he's been in business for himself for. Uh, uh, been in business now fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, and I I know that a lot of tattooers like to think of themselves as just artists, but you know we're all business owners. So, uh, real quick, you know, we met seven eight years ago yeah um i i think you was my first sleeve your first right? sleeve ever yeah it's uh first sleeve to completion i tattooed him like three different shops and uh over time he's ended up with the second full one you know um but throughout that time we've we've talked a lot we've had a lot of good conversation I, i've gotten to pick his brain over the years and even though i haven't been directly mentored by him, I've been mentored by him. I've I've watched him. I've taken advice, um, and it's it's been a, it's been an awesome journey, you Thank know. You. Thank you. And it's been mine as well. Yeah, man. And uh, really excited to talk about some of the projects he's he has going on here in Springfield. Um, I've always aspired to do a lot for my community, but I haven't really taken steps in that direction other than just trying to bring good business to Springfield. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've seen, I think it was around COVID time, right? It was when, COVID. when things took off for you. Yeah. Um, I'll just kind of open it up to you and kind of just share, share what you got going on. Yeah, man. So 2020, I, I did a, my first project called the Your Story Project, uh, yourstoryexhibit.com. And, uh, funny enough, um, I'll go, I'll go into this. It, uh, it all derived from a dream actually a nightmare. I had a nightmare in August of 2020 during COVID. Uh, it was a older black lady and she was in front of me and she was drowning in words. The words were coming at her and she was drowning and I was experiencing everything she was experiencing from behind her. 
and I don't have nightmares. I've only had maybe four my entire life, but they've all meant something and they've all become something. And I sat on this for a couple of weeks and out of it popped my first project with your story. And really your story at that time was based around the pandemic. You know, everything was so miscommunicated. It was such a polarizing topic. Uh, people were so divided. And I just thought, what if I could bring to life first-person experience of how the pandemic has affected people spiritually, socially, financially, mentally, physically? Have you actually tell your story so people can relate instead of hearing it on the news or in the government? And so uh, I worked with 50 subjects throughout the community from government leaders to nonprofit businesses, truck drivers, first responders, whoever, everyday people. I had a, I had a full dynamic across the spectrum of diversity of people, of ethnicity, and uh, profession. So they each took and wrote a 600-word to 800-word essay about the pandemic, how to experience them. And out of that, we took about 18 words, called them impact words, and I took their portrait. As you guys know, I, I'm a photographer initially by trade. And from that, we printed, or I created, I created their portrait out of those impact words. So their portrait became their story. And through that, after working with these 50, I fundraised and literally through GoFundMe and private donors, we raised about $18,000 and we put on the first outdoor exhibit in Springfield, Ohio that covered six blocks. We had uh, over 190 pieces hanging, banners off the side of City Hall, uh, sharing these people's experience. And we had coffee table books that we sold. And it just, I made no money from this that, uh, and had no intention of doing that. Um, but it was a passion project for me. And for what I saw the power it was, I decided it's, eventually I want to do more of these. And July, August of this year, I was presented with a project for um, a local high school, Cliff Park High School. You guys familiar with it? I feel like I've heard it. Okay, it's a local school in North Limestone. But anyway, this, the premise of the, the school is it's really a second chance school. For a lot of people to go back and not get their GDs, but their actual diplomas, they can work at their pace. Um, and they can also get a skill set, a trade, uh, audiovisual, woodworking, construction, medical. There's lots of opportunities there. But... It's kind of got a derogatory connotation in the city school system of this is where the bad kids go, you know, because unfortunately we, we tend to label people when they're not going through the mainstream system. And <clears throat> so it was, I was asked if uh, this school interested me at all, if this would be a, even something you'd consider for a project. And after meeting with the staff, I mean, I'm talking amazing people. Like, this isn't school. This is like going home and hanging out with family. And I was like, there's a story here to tell. So we're working on that right now in conjunction with the Springfield Museum of Art. Um, we're going to have an exhibit uh, late summer, early fall this year. It's going to be your story exhibit. It's called Can't Hold Me Down. And I'm not going to get into... The particulars of the project yet, because they're pretty quiet, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to be incredibly powerful because it's not only going to be visual, it's going to be audio. So you, you're actually asked to bring your headphones. Mm, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, I think it's really going to shine a light on a lot of good kids, a wonderful staff, and bring some good attention 
the school. That's awesome. You know, after you start talking or mention the location, I have heard of it. My my uh my sister actually went there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I love that you mentioned how the teachers are because the the picture you painted of how those like OIC and uh there's a few schools here in town that get that rap of just being bad kids. That's where they go, you right. know. Uh, but it's kids that just don't learn in the system the same way. Not only that, are experiencing challenges outside the system that you and I can't even fathom. Well, I, I, the fact they even show up to school is a miracle to me for some of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've heard with experience of that school is a lot of them just have like really hard home lives, which I mean, as an adult, when home life isn't good, I mean, work becomes difficult. Like everything becomes dif- difficult when, yeah, everything's you know, it's difficult. You know, it, you've, you've got to have a support. You got to have a good infrastructure to blossom and to grow. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. watering a plant, you know, but yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm going through, I've got 11 subjects processed. I've got two, I couldn't, shouldn't call them subject students. I've got two of them pretty well completed and reading their stories and just building these portraits and, and the other things that are going with it. It's just like, this is, wow. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm moved. So I'm, I can't wait till this releases yeah. because I, I just, I, I think it's going to be impactful. I really do. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. How, how long into your career journey, uh, was was it before you did your first passion project? So that's funny. You know, actually, I did my first passion project in 2003 before I even started working for myself. Um, I used to run a project that became a nonprofit called Eyes Wide Open Worldwide. And uh, I'll just give you, I'll try to be quick on this. But Basically, I worked with kids on a specific subject, whether it's their everyday life, um, documenting architecture, whatever. I'd give them cameras. I'd teach them the basics. And they would take these photos according to the, the assignment. Um, and then I had a jury of professional photographers from around the country that would select their best two images. And then we would find donors to help us put on an exhibit and we would print their pieces to canvas. We'd have the kids there and they would sell the work through a silent auction to this high-end exhibit. We did the Westcott House a couple times, Wittenberg University, and the money all went back to the kids. And it was really just kind of show them, hey, if you're passionate about something, if it's art, photography, whatever, you, you can't really make a living with this if you want to pursue it because so many old people will tell you. I mean, I can remember when I went to art school, you know, my father looked at me like, what are you going to do with this? Why are, you, why are you spinning your wheels? You know, and that stuck with me, right? So just trying to reinforce that fact that if you've got the creative, the drive, and the desire to learn the business behind the creative, you can go so far. Yeah. So you that really was can. really my first passion project. And that actually ended up becoming a nonprofit and becoming worldwide. I was spent time in Thailand. I was in Cambodia twice for the Angkor Wat Photography Festival. I did two projects over there. And my second project, we... We were allowed to come inside the village of Siem, um, not Siem Reap, Tonle Sap. Tonle Sap is a floating village of over a million people. Their homes, their restaurants, their schools, their barbershops, their livestock are floating. That's crazy. Oh, I never heard about this place. It looks like an ocean. And you can take tour boats around it, but you're not allowed inside the village. And I got access to it, and I got 12 kids to document their daily life inside this floating world. What? Where they take wash buckets to school. Holy shit. That's crazy. I have never heard of that place. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, Yeah, totally. No. So the Mekong River that comes down through Thailand, et cetera, 
uh, during the monsoon season, it overflows and Tonle Sap becomes basically an ocean. And these people are floating and they've got, <laughs> I mean, their house, you'll have eight people in, you know, an eight by eight area with a, a wood thatched teepee roof. That's where they're living, sleeping, everything. And, uh, oh, it was incredible. How does that, that sounds even work. Right. The infrastructure to this entire development sounds insane. Like everything's just on floaties or something. Not or? even floaties, literally sticks. Yeah. That's insane. Wood. This wow. is, there's no contemporary design structure system here. This is as primitive as primitive gets. Wow. And the thing I learned in Cambodia, which segues into other parts we'll talk about, but the people are amazing. They're beautiful. You know, they have nothing. They averaged about 35 cents a day salary. Happy. Beautiful hair. Beautiful white teeth. Things you would not think in a third world country that's very impoverished. It's quite the opposite. Wow. Hmm. That is fucking wild. Yeah. So that, that, that took a spin for about four years. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. And this was before you were even in business for yourself. This is before I was, even knew how to take a picture, to be honest with you. So where, where did all this knowledge come from about how to run this business or operate like this? You I didn't just, have any knowledge. No, you just... I didn't have shit. I just went and found people that would help me. Yeah. If they believed in my vision, can you help me do this? I had a woman... Who believed in it? She's like, I'll help you become a five hundred one c three nonprofit. So I went to class twice a week, and she helped me fill out paperwork and stuff, and um, helped me set a board and do all these things. And it just, again, it it's not about what you know; it's about what you want to do. And you'll find the people to for the jigsaw puzzle. It all connects, yeah. but you just got to have that desire yeah. to do it because as you know, as you know, it's not going to come walking to you. Right. It's not given to you. But if you're willing and you have that drive, man, there is so much access and so many people are willing to help. That's Ch- crazy because that's such a, uh, it, dude, that could almost sound too simple. I, I know there's probably some people that are just like, it's not that easy. It can't be right. But well, it's it, like, it's not easy. I, I don't want to add that word. Right. If it was easy, everybody would be sitting beside me telling mm. me the same story. It's the drive. It's the grit. How much grit do you have? How much do you care about this business or project? How far are you willing to take it to see it through fruition? That's the difference. And that's where most people will fall aside. Because they can't, they can't see the steps. Because they, they don't have the discipline to get there. Right. They don't have the grit. Because how many times do you think I heard no before I heard yes? Yeah. Mm. I heard way more. You know, every good story is not instantaneous. It's time. And I heard way more no's. Sure. Than I ever heard yeses. But when I got those yeses, they were diamonds and they propelled me. So, so what sparked this vision for you? Nightmare. Same, again, huh? Yeah, it was my last nightmare. Wow. Prior to this one. Wow. And I mean, we, we represent the United States at the Angkor Wat Photography Festival with the top photojournalist in the world. Uh, we were at the Toronto Contact photography festival for a month which is precedes the toronto film festival which it was exhibited during that um these nightmares mean something to me there's a there's a book i've read um it's either i want to say it's think and grow rich by napoleon hill um uh, i could be wrong but he just talks about having that vision and then just trusting it and going after it and the, the how to will show itself is you know, essentially. Cause, yeah. Cause there's really no way to know the steps or where you're going to get the yeses or where you're going to get the money. It's just right. Like belief this, this and, project and for drive. Cliff Park, 
I I'll need sixteen to seventeen thousand to put the exhibit on. I don't have a dime yet. Yeah. But I'll get oh, it. Oh, but I'll yeah. certainly yeah, you'll have it. I'll get yeah. it. And and I'll get it through donations and I'm not I'm not taking a dime. Um but that's it. Yeah. I, I already see the end result. So I lay out all the paperwork and the graphics and whatever I need to do to support that. So when I'm going to people, I'm going, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what's going to be happening. And I think once you build a relationship that you're not only a creative artist or a creative, um, when they see your work ethic and they see your organizational skills, yeah. that's when people really are starting to like, you know, this is a winning horse. I, I can I can put money down and this is going to pay off. Yeah, that's awesome, man. man. <laughs> Dude, I'm still stuck on that grit. He's like, "Do you have the grit?" I'm like, "I don't know. <laughs> I think I do. I'm here." Yeah, I, I, it's that's a part of life that you either have or if you don't, you have to do some serious mind change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. Uh... I feel like there's areas of my life where I really need to buckle down. I keep using the excuse that, uh, you know, right now I'm just trying to enjoy my kids at the age they are. But I find myself in certain time gaps where I'm like, man, I could really be doing something else right now versus catching a break or, you know, uh, an hour before Lakin gets up for school. Like there's definitely times where I, I see myself like, okay, I need to hone in, you know. You know. I will say, especially in my young start of my self-employment, I was like that. But what I have learned is there are seasons of life. And you have to allow those seasons to balance that tenacity. So they're good. And you'll miss them if you don't experience them. There was a, there was a Jordan Peterson clip. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. Uh, just talk, talking about the first four years of your kiddo's life. Uh, I don't want to get too into it because I'll start getting teary-eyed and shit, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, two and a half of it's already gone of my littlest one, you know, and it's like like that. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, I was never home for my kids when they were young. I was just working all the time. I was a maniac. They're 27 and 20, 23 now. I'm going to be 28, 24, living in Vegas. You know, that part of my life is gone, and now – I have to go see them, spend time with them. And they're great. They're wonderful. I love them to death. But, you know, there's a lot of my life that I chose a path that maybe I shouldn't have for the wrong reasons because there was something there that needed more. And those seasons of life, that's the balance. Man, I'm just so curious because I feel like you've – and you said this a little bit that time – does a lot for a person yeah but dude do you like have mentors you know that you ask these questions to or do you feel like i feel like and i i would hate to speak on your behalf but i feel like you're such a student of life that you're just receptive yeah i i would say it's it's two-way um i am a student of life I, i i started life as an adult young and i wore the world as everybody said, I put the pressure of the world on my shoulders. And I always ran like my hair was on fire because I needed to know where I was going to be in five years. But with that said, my business partner, who I consider brilliant and one of my best friends, has um, mentored me whether he knows it or not. Uh-huh. You know? Um, more so on the business side, but we kind of give and take. There's, there's, there's advice of mine that works really well for him, and there's advice he provides me that's just like, wow, I, needed, I, I never knew that. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, so, but that came at a, it came, you know, 15 years ago and really has evolved maybe the last five so it's it's kind of been more of I've just always had a direction and a desire and I take in information and I listen to it 
And I, you know, I've got my own shortcomings. Don't get me wrong. I ain't Superman. <laughs> Let's just be straight. Built like him. Right. <laughs> Let's just be straight. You know, I've got my own shortcomings and my own things that I'm still working on. But yeah, man, I, I would say life, uh, life came quick. Yeah. I feel like for a lot of people that, um, you can kind of just get the, the energy from certain people where they just, I mean, I feel like no one gets it all the way. Mm -hmm. But there's sometimes you meet a person, you're like, oh, he fucking he gets fucking knows some, <laughs> something, you know what I mean? Uh, and me and Chris have definitely talked about that with you. And it's just, um, of course, you want to pick those people's brains, right? You want to know. Uh, so I just, was there a place where you like fucking got that desire where you picked up this drive that you were like, dude, I've got my, I have a direction. You can't tell me differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I worked for a company for 22 years and they, they were family to me. I, I mean, I started there 16 years old, um, loading at $3 and 35 cents an hour. Right. Boom. Yeah. That's crazy. And, uh, I worked my way all the way up to the top. I mean, I, I busted my ass. They gave me every opportunity. But I was, I was working. My first 13 years, I didn't take vacation. I worked over 75 hours a week my first 13 years. Wow. That's every week. I don't know. I came and fathom that hours, you know, <laughs> them out. But I wanted something so bad. And again, this is where I didn't balance that season of life. And, uh, I felt I was part of the business. You get to a point where you feel like you're helping run the business. Okay. Well, 10 days before Christmas on that 22nd year, 2010, I got a four day notice that we were done. Been sold. Uh, you get your vacation pay, there's no severance, blah, 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 blah. You can go interview at the other company outside of town, another city. Um, no guarantees for jobs, but there's a good chance. Man, it literally hit me like a fucking lead balloon, like a brick. I was working for someone else's dream this entire time. This was never my dream. I treated it like it was mine, but this wasn't my business. I didn't name this business. I didn't cultivate it. I was, I don't want to say a pawn in the game of chess, but I was. And at that moment, I said, I'm never working for someone else's dream again. I'm done. And I had already dabbled with eyes wide open and really learning photography and loving it. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm starting my photography business tomorrow. And that was it, man. You know, you hear you hear stories like that. At least I did for a little period of time because I, I outside of tattooing, I was involved with another business, and there was a lot of there was a lot of audio books and and uh, just audio clips from successful people in the business, and that was a story to a lot a lot of them. You know, to where it's even though you feel safe that rug can just be pulled at any time. Yeah. You know, and my, my good friend who I would consider a creative mentor to me as well, Rod Hatfield. Yeah. I'm sure you know, Rod or heard Rod in the city, but he told me one time, he said, you know, complacency is a trap. Uh. And I never really understood it. I knew why he was saying it at the moment, but I didn't get it. I get it. Security becomes a trap. A trap of everything. You close your mind down. You become complacent. You, you get comfortable. And the body is not meant to go through. The mind, the body, the spirit is meant to go through change. But we get trapped into this complacency. We think this is life. This is how it's always going to be. It's, it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I've definitely experienced times like that in my life and uh i can certainly say it hasn't been in the last five years it was all that factory work because that's really where i came from yeah was just you know loading boxes being around in trucks and shit like that i just 
um, you don't have to think for much. You know what I mean? You really just get this opportunity, uh, which is deceiving because the word opportunity is sexy, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, you have an opportunity to now not have to think anything. So there's periods of time in my life where I'm like reflecting on it. And I just like really didn't have organic thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, and that's heartbreaking for me to think about because I, I love life so much now mm-hmm. that I would hate the idea that I could ever go forward wasting any time ever, but I've already wasted so much of it, right? You know, just literally not thinking, you know, it, I think even maybe not creating something, but just at least having organic thoughts or, or, uh, funny enough, you were just clowning on yourself or quoting this book frequently, but you oh. know, outwitting the devil, I was just totally drifting, you know, just like without a single thought towards the world. Um, but I feel like, uh, you know, all that to kind of circle back to your, your projects and stuff. I think it is, um, amazing now to hear what the project was conceptually after looking at it, because it seems like it's an all in one, you know, it's storytelling, uh, it's like visual arts too. And now you're moving towards again, keep it on the quiet, but, but, uh, bringing headphones to an audio or, uh, an art exhibit to hear these stories. It's like pretty fucking immaculate. You know what I mean? It's well, just beautiful. I, I feel in my, what I've always tried to create in the projects is emotion and you need to pull from the senses. And my goal is always to try to touch on all those senses during an exhibit. And I feel like I'm finally getting even closer and better and more refined at, at, at touching those senses. That's kind of my stick. You know, I, I want to, I want you to leave it. Not like you just walked through an exhibit and interpreted art. I want you to walk through this and be moved. Like, wow, something inside me is changed. Something inside me is different because of this. Mm. And the beauty of it is it's not about me. Yeah. And even more so, you know, I I don't know myself how often um, there's like an exhibit where or of any kind like this, but much less putting children on, you know what I mean? Or trying to make highlight of their lives because like, year all the time and it's obvious that you know the the younger younger generations are our future yeah right so always taking care of them and kind of leading them in the right directions but uh i mean like this school what do you do when they're just seem to be struggling and they're just labeled that way um and i mean even the you put it in a good way like chris said you know talking about how the the faculty members and the teachers and everything are all family members but quite frankly, from the outside perspective, they are that whole building seems to be treated that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how can you possibly help something you don't understand, you know? Yeah, and so if we can shed some light, and that's really all your your story does and will ever do, is shed light on. You know, our tagline is "We help communities heal through art," and. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to take divisive, polarizing topics. I like yeah. the uncomfortable. And I want to make it comfortable. And that's amazing how I can, and I can definitely feel like going through your, it's, it almost feels bad calling it an exhibit, you know what I mean? But that's what it is. But just like you said, being enamored or kind of like you were talking about your nightmare, like being able to really experience what someone else is going through, but almost like from behind them, like really trying to get in their shoes. You know what I mean? And I I imagine there was a ton of people that got moved through that. And you said it was six blocks. Your last one. The last one was six blocks. Yeah. It started, uh, I think, uh, mother Stewart's came all the way down, went up fountain through, um, city hall over to hatch Mela around the block. Yeah, there was pieces everywhere with people's stories and their their portraits or their their created portrait out of yeah. words. That stuff was that stuff was killer. That that artwork was awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Actually, shout out to my wife. Um, she's really been involved in the the inception of this project with me, and she came up with some cool concepts for printing. Um, and I kind of took those ideas and ran with it in 
the same direction but a different substrate yeah. and uh so i think that's going to make it like it's just going to be it's going to be a trip it's going to be wild that's awesome so man. i'm excited i i quick note before i circle back because i had a, a, t- a thought i wanted to at least bring up yeah. i think it's great that you and your wife are involved together on the project and that's fucking awesome yeah um i i've for years have tried to get katie to dive headfirst into things with me but she she you know we don't always click the best on business side of things which is probably for the best sometimes because i can go way overboard but uh I, th- I think that's fucking awesome well and i think what i've learned in this situation i was just simply explaining my vision yeah and she got enamored and got driven yeah i i can't I can't will myself to work with my wife on projects. It has to be on her own time and doing, and she's brilliant as well. And so if she brings something to the table that I'm like, that's, that's (laughs) cool. Let's, let's look at that. Yeah. I like that. When she gets me excited, it just makes, it makes that part of the project just makes you want to go a little harder. Yeah, just like another layer of motivation. Absolutely. Builds on that desire. Like, damn, she's into it. Like, that. yeah, that's awesome. I did want to note, too, or or mention that, you know, you're talking about this new exhibit with kids and trying to get people to have more understanding of them. But at the same time, like, you're also giving these kids probably the first platform they've ever had to, you know, speak on anything or be highlighted on anything in their life. That's really, and that's really part of that goal is to say, hmm, let's put you on the biggest possible platform that we yeah. can, shine a light on you, yeah, and let you enjoy that experience. Yeah, maybe taking someone from no hope to just doing what they can to get by to like, oh shit, you know, I'm inspired to do something way bigger. Right. You know, you know which is that, awesome. It's, there, there's a lot of power in it, but there's so much simplicity. But there's a lot of power. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Thank you. Very awesome. Well, I mean, this has been fucking... I see I see you. Your your eyes are getting right yeah. over there, son. You know, I, 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 that's, it just is it's cool. You know, I think that, uh, you know, really taking the spotlight off yourself and just seeing how many other people you can affect... It's, it, you don't see that a lot. You just don't. You just don't see it very often, especially to a magnitude of this. You know, I, we talked about giving a lot and trying to shine the light on someone's day. You know, or make them smile or just give them a compliment. But this is like a whole new fucking level. Well, but the funny thing is, is I get the same high off of it if it's, if it was about me. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I went through periods of my life where I wanted that limelight. Had probably some narcissistic ways. I know I did. Um, I got caught up in the world of education and photography. I was traveling, teaching, getting sponsors, you know, and you know what that can start to feel like. Um, And I think I'm a better person when I'm not in the spotlight. I think I'm a better person putting other people in the spotlight don't get me wrong. It's creative for me. And obviously there's going to be a small section about the artist. Um, that's just how it rolls. And I'm, I'm cool with that. But this isn't a signed works by Ty Fisher exhibit. This is has doesn't have my name in it anywhere. Um, I dig that. I like to work in the dark. It's where I do my best. Real G's move in silence. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I had to drop that little Wayne line, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I have always wanted to ask um just kind of on the topic of the Woosaw stuff is like how do you structure your life for these things? Like how do you allow uh and it's kind of also why I said that like the student of life thing. I feel like you're just receptive, but like um there's got to be something more to that. You can't oh, just be like is. flying by the seat of your pants you and just like, right. But there's got to be some balance you have to structuring things and also just like being water. Right. 
you know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen that YouTube video or read the book, Make Your Bed. Do you get up every day and do you make your bed? Well, it all starts right there. I'm incredibly disciplined. Um, I eat the same meal five days a week, the same times. Any little thought that comes in my head goes on my calendar and it's color coded. So I know what my day looks like every day of the week. I know where I can get the most amount of hours when I can just not be doing shit. Everything for me is structured. And I'm not a fanatic about it. I'm quiet about it. But even my wife will say, hey, what do you think about, can you possibly get this tomorrow? I said, let me get my calendar. Yeah. Let me put it right there. Good. Everything. That disciplined. And like, again, like you said. That discipline. That discipline with my bed, or our bed. That discipline with my cars. They're always clean inside and out as much as possible. The yard, the house, me, my workout structure, my eating structure. And for many, it would be like, this is fucking boring. But you know what? It's every one of these little steps catapults me a little bit further into creating and doing the things I want to do with my own life. I control it. It doesn't control me. Hell yeah, man. Uh-huh. That's huge. I feel like that's that's huge. Um, and you hear that make your bed thing a lot, you know? You know, and I think it's became kind of a cliche, but the fact of the matter is, it's true. If you can't start with the basics, you sure as hell aren't going to get the hard ones. Uh-huh. When it starts to get tough, you're going to fall apart. If you don't have the basic shit, I mean, I remember I had a girl working for us and her life was falling apart. And I said, well, can I tell you where to start? She said, please. I said, go clean your car out. It looks like a pigsty. If that's how you live, that's how your life evolves. That's how it, that's how everything else is spinning. If you can't control your environment, the environment controls you. Mm. Man. And I, mm. <coughs> clip. Right. That's yeah. A clip fucking right straight there. clip that. <laughs> but how does that, uh, you know, I'm sure this comes with, you know, just getting like your reps in like Chris says and getting better practice at it. Um, but what does that look like communicating with people? You know, and I'm sure you work with a lot of different people and a lot of people are I looking do. for your time. Um, you know, from business, it's a matter of consistency. It's a matter of timeliness. It's a matter of respect. Um, somebody emails me, they'll get an, they'll get an answer within an hour. Somebody needs a call, they'll get a call within an hour. And we deal with thousands of photographers in our business. But they all know me. And they all act like they're our only customer because they know I'll give them that attention. And that's, dude, I, that stuck with me too. Because I feel like me and Chris had a lot of conversations about that after. Um, it was one of your last sessions on your, your other sleeve. And you said that. And you're like, well, I reply within an hour doesn't matter what it is. Maybe I can't even give them a full answer. Most unsuccessful businesses, it's not their product. It's not their marketing. It's their customer fucking service. It's horrible. And if you can't step up customer service, I don't care what you're doing. It's not going to work. It's eventually going to fail. It's going to drive you nuts. But if you want the best advertising in the world, I promise you that... 99% of real foundational businesses that have existed over a period of 10 years will tell you word of mouth is what grew them. Not some fancy ass Facebook ad or some TikTok bullshit. Right. It's relationship. It's creating relationship with people who are like, you know what? They kind of care about what I got to say. They actually listen to me. They actually respond. And they follow up. I'm going to recommend them to my friends. I get so annoyed when I send an email to a company that says it's going to take me 24 to 48. Why? What the hell you got going on? It can't, you, if you've got that many customer service issues, that's going to take you two days to get back to me. Rethink your customer service. Mm-hmm. 
And I do. I feel mm. like there are. We even just had the episode that we dropped this week with DJ uh, Hoistler. He was talking about his experience when he started working with Chris, and it was. Uh, it's kind of a funny story to be honest, because uh, he said that he was just not vibing with the original artist he had went to because scheduling was off, and he just. Felt like that dude was doing that to him. Like, kept on pushing him off. He's he like, said, well, I'll, I'll reach back out to you in six months and let you know how my schedule looks. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. Cool. And uh, and then he had gotten in touch with Chris, set up a consultation and everything, got to the shop uh, the day of the consultation, <laughs> and Chris was out fishing. It was a simple mistake, right? So you could almost, and DJ even said, he was like, what's with these fucking tattooers? Can't keep on a schedule. Um, but he even said in that that uh, Katie was there at the shop, Got them on the phone, and Chris in this big fucking, like, hat and on, like, a canoe or something fishing, like, kind of did, like, a lightweight, I wouldn't call it a consultation, but, yeah, to chat and just, like, send me some stuff, let's talk ideas, but DJ even said in that, he felt like Chris had cared, like, way more than that other dude, and even having, like, having conversations with that other dude, um, so, I mean, that's just perfect example right there that building relationships with people i think will it's literally the simplest thing in the book and so many people avoid it and so many people try to rewrite it and do it different yeah and you just don't have to yeah a lot of those principles don't change Mm -hmm. let me ask you something are you still human after however old you are now has anything changed from you are you a robot have you been chips embedded? No, you still feel. You still want to be treated by people well. Yeah. You want people to hear you. You also want people to take responsibility for when they're wrong. Yeah. Which you have to be able to do in mm-hmm. business. Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel like yes. that's. I feel like that's huge. Yeah. That's almost more than people showing it perfect. It validates. It validates your sincerity. Yeah. If you can just say, you know what, this is on us or this is on me, I made that mistake. Yeah. I will fix that. I will take care of it for you. Yeah. That validates you more than anything. But trying to push that off on a customer or a product or a subject or terms and services, the old bullshit terms and oh, services yeah. that no one reads, <laughs> it does nothing for your business. The more you want to, Treat people like you want to be treated. Mm. The better your business grows. And the golden rule. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. I don't know why why we got so much other bullshit out here for business. Yeah. If you've got it, you don't even have to have a good product. Now, if you got a great product and good customer service, man. Millionaire, you right? You can fly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think that's something I've always feel like I've been pretty well with and Give a lot of the, a lot of the, um, give it a lot to my great grandparents. That's what I grew up with, and you know, growing up in the in in the Christian household and the church, I feel like I learned a lot of those principles early on. You know, and, and I think that, you know, Facebook was pretty big at the time, but from yeah, it was always word of mouth. You know, it was you know that that had a lot of repeat customers. And I uh, was able to to maintain those relationships pretty well, you know. But it's definitely a shit show out there sometimes. Oh, it is. But you know, you're right. I mean, that's what you know. That's what struck me to work with you. People thought I was nuts. I think you were like 20 or 21 at the time, and people were like, "You're gonna let him do a sleep?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I believe in this guy. This guy's real. This guy's got something." And I always told you that. Yeah. And you do, man. You, Thanks, man. Your your work. I'm like, fuck. I want to get another sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Got to grow a third arm. Right, right. You know, because <laughs> I mean, this shit's badass. Thanks, man. But you've just you've taken that thing and you're you've you're working it and you're working all sides of it with Tim and the customer service and the relationships and the the experience of Thousand Oaks. You know, it's all got to come together, but it takes time to figure that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the biggest patience I feel. Definitely one of the biggest lessons I feel like I've learned in business is just patience. And you said it earlier, 
just building on that foundation, the it's basics. It's a marathon. And, you know. It is not a sprint. Yeah. Right. And I, I feel so bad for the people out there who are being influenced by a lot of, I guess, influencers. Yeah. Who I think there are some really good influencers, but they're not giving a lot of backstory. They're not explaining how long it really took them to get to this point. You know, because there's a hook and bait here, you know, yeah. or a bait and hook. If it sounds instant, I'll get you on board. And no real sustainable business has ever happened overnight. Yeah. None. And it never will because yeah. it's a marathon. Because you're going to go through more shit storms than you ever experienced being employed for someone else. And you're also going to go through more highs. Yeah. And you're going to work a hell of a lot more hours and you're going to have a lot more responsibility and you're going to question yourself way more than you ever did in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just want to echo the the sustainable business. Cause I definitely have seen cases where people make a ton of money real quick or something takes off and, but it circles back to that foundation. How long can you maintain that? How long can you keep that at that point? before a fire breaks out or something happens in your life to where it's like a major setback and you don't have that foundation, right. those skills built, all the basics that you would have learned on the slower trajectory. trajectory. You know, and I think that uh, just kind of let, because I could just hear people now, well, like you can make money fast, but that's, it's just, yeah, but that's what it is. you can burn it fast too. Yeah. And the mm. problem is, is when you make it fast, do you actually respect it? Yeah. Do you actually appreciate it? You actually understand what it can do for you? Probably not. I'm about 11 years in. Just this past year, I've actually kind of started to grasp what money could actually do for me. Up until now, I just have had it. I've been on the pirate ship, not paying all my taxes or whatever, and right. I didn't understand it's a tool. It is a tool. It's the it's the biggest tool you have in your life to determine your outcome of life. Mm. And you have to understand all aspects of it. You have to have good tax accounts who understand the pros of self-employment business. You have to under, you have to have budgets. You have to understand insurance. You have to understand setting up monthly or quarterly state sales tax. You've got to understand all these nuances. But once you understand them, and a lot of people are like, ah, it's just too much. Well, then why are you in it? Because if you're not going to do this, it will bite you in the ass. And it'll bite you hard. And you will be burnt out and done within three to five. Promise. Seen it a thousand times over. You either decide I'm going to build a business that's going to be sustainable or you fly by the seat of your pants and you crash and burn. Man, and I feel like there, there are so many people that... Uh... Dude, I mean, you kind of just said it, being on the pirate ship, but there's so many people willing to make the choice to cut corners first before taking the time to, like, learn all the stupid shit. Like, like you said, the nuances. Like, no one wants to learn how to properly set up quarterly tax no. payments and shit, you know, or, like, set up payroll or have budgets, uh, be rigorous with a routine or, you know, to have yourself scheduled out. Um and it just, you know, hearing it put that way, it's super, it would think, you know, it just feels silly. Why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Well, a lot of people don't know. But, you know, here's the, here's the thing about it. I really don't understand the word I don't know these days. Back when I was starting this shit, there was no Google. Dude, I can get an answer on anything in a matter of seconds right now that's pretty legit. So, again, it comes down to discipline. Can you not say, I don't know, and say, hmm, I wonder what the answer is. Mm. Maybe I should look. Uh, mm. I feel like people are mm. really afraid of that. Well, you know what? That's the start of that mind change. And if you're going to do this, you've got to change the mind. Because I don't, I can't, and I won't 
should not exist in this world. Man. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a good one. And, you know, I, I kind of wanted to lean into that. We talked a little bit about self-employed entrepreneur. I think there's a lot of confusion. I think the word entrepreneur has been added into the mix because it sounds sexy. Now, uh-huh. there's an entrepreneurial spirit but that is far different than self-employment and entrepreneur. Do you guys know what an entrepreneur is? I feel like maybe just like throwing a fucking dart in the dark here, but yeah. um, I feel like entrepreneurial is like you're more. No, just, I don't want to hear entrepreneurial. I want to know what an entrepreneur, the oh, noun. Like the actual noun is? Yes. Um, just a, it's almost like just a generic business person. No, that's the problem right there. Mm. Someone who is not willing to work for someone else and will just figure business out and no. multiple businesses. Not even close. Mm. See, but that's how this information yeah. is being fed today. Let me ask you something. Can your business sustain for six months without you? My personal business, no. The shop can could. it grow without you? Probably not. No. An entrepreneur can. Mm. An mm. entrepreneur has set up everything in place, the people, the process, that their business can sustain and grow without them. Mm. Self-employment, all you've done is give yourself a job. Fuck. There's a there's a book that I I started reading and he was breaking down the difference between it he did break down entrepreneurship he broke down entrepreneurship he broke down self employed sole proprietor uh or some of the other ones that S core nonprofit corporation yeah yeah and uh, but again an entrepreneur is the next level of self employment it's where should people should be seeking. Okay, how do I rinse and repeat this process on a daily without me? Holy shit. And I feel like the only way to do that with the tattoo brand would just be the shop. Because I mean, without without me tattooing my personal S-Corp. Well, what's interesting enough is I think you're right. Your Thousand Oaks sustains your lifestyle to the point where your tattooing is your hobby and your passion. Because I know what happens when you combine passion and business. You have the ebbs and flows of burnout and sustainability. Um, I did it with photography. So you have all the makings of creating a business ran by an entrepreneur that would allow you to end up tattooing simply for the love of tattooing, not for the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you break it down like that. Cause I, I, I do feel like entrepreneur is everywhere. I mean, it's, yeah, but it's, entrepreneur is up here. Yeah. And it should be highly regarded because it is the best of the best. According to me, I did not become an entrepreneur until three years ago. And that was thankful to my business partner and the people we have in place. Our business can run without us and potentially grow without us with the people we have in place. Now, do we put in the time? Yeah, but we don't put in near the time you do. That's just got me at my, you know, it's got my head (laughs) opening up a little bit. Cause like me and Chris have had so fucking many conversations about shit like this, but I feel like I, I mean, obviously you're 11 years in, I'm only like five, six years in. So really only half of like the, the time in with like learning these mindsets and stuff with being self-employed now that I know how to correctly define that. Um, but you know, Chris is always tried to spark in me like that idea of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um, without me really, I think seeing the vision or like having like, or being open to it until you put it that way where it's like, 
you know, it can grow and function without you and you could step away from it. And it's good to have that person because that's exactly what my partner had to do to me. I had to manage customer service. Like literally I managed it. I, I, I did all the, and he said, you know, I don't know what you're thinking. You and I, you have a vision. I have a vision. We can't go to that level that we're supposed to be at until you're out of the weeds. But you're too far in the weeds. And this needs to stop. And it's scary. 